I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How's it going? Great. How about yourself? Oh, you know, I'm just fine. I thought you were going to go with your splendiferous. Splendiferous. <laughs> um, that too. Yeah, that too. Uh, because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we'll be chatting about the Jonas Brothers' return the sibling trio of Kevin, Joe, and Nick Jonas uh, is back with their first number one hit ever on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Sucker. Uh, it's the first taste of uh, what we assume is going to be a brand new album from the band, along with, we hope, an upcoming tour. Because <laughs> I don't think they've actually announced any sort of specifics about it's, those things. It's all coming. It's all no. coming. We assume all this stuff is coming. So we'll be talking about why it was the right time for a Joe Bros return, how Sucker has become an out-of-the-box hit, and what we hope to see from the Joe Bros in the future. Plus, we have an interview with Livia. The rising singer-songwriter's latest single, Damn, is currently on our pop songs chart, and we caught up with her to talk about the top 40 hit, her almost decade in the music industry, what she has planned next, and more. So stick around for all that. Uh, and there's also a... Uh very uh, specific Jonas Brothers connection to her that we'll tell you about a little bit later. Mm. Ooh. I don't know why I turned on my smooth jazz voice. <laughs> but first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Let's talk charts. Uh, it's a slow week on both the Billboard 200 Albums chart as well as the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. Uh, on the former, not a single debut is inside the top 150 of the chart. So kind of slightly boring. Hmm. And the entire top three are all non-movers. Uh, Juice World's Death Race for Love remains at number one for a second straight week. Uh, meanwhile, over on the Hot 100 charts, uh, Ariana Grande's Seven Rings nets its seventh week hmm. at number one. Fitting. Uh, when Gary Trust uh, noted that in his story, when I was reading his draft of his story, I was like, oh, this reminds me of when Prince's Seven peaked at number seven on the <laughs> Hot 100. I don't know. I thought that was fun. Numerology. Yeah, well, um, you know. You know, there's some other numbers involved in Seven Rings as well, because the New York Times reported last week that 
90% of the song's royalties are going to Rodgers and Hammerstein, who wrote My Favorite Things. Which is interpolated into Seven Rings. Exactly. My Favorite Things from Sound of Music. Yes. And so, yes, the... uh, I mean, it makes sense. When I guess you hear the, it, it's very clear, they, obviously. They could have asked for 70% just to keep everything really 70. Ah, that's true. Dun, dun, dun. But yeah, people were really... So, the, the, you know, the estate's making some money there. That's fast. To say the very least. That is super fascinating that Ariana just like gave up 90% of the publishing I, to be able to do the song. But yeah, that's a chunk of change. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Especially with a hit this big. Well, still in the top 10 on the Hot 100, Jonas Brothers, former... How do I say that, Katie? What's that? Jonas Brothers's. When I'm doing a possessive of Jonas Brothers. I mean, if you're saying it out loud, I would just say the Jonas Brothers former number one. I right. wouldn't say Brothers's. Yeah, that sounds so <laughs> that sounds dumb. Okay, so uh, Jonas Brothers former number one sucker dips uh, six to eight in its third week on the list, but earns the Greatest Gainer Airplay Award on the chart as the song drives twenty-seven to nineteen on the all-format radio songs chart with a 26% gain in audience. Um, it's by far the Joe Bros' biggest radio hit ever. Uh, they only actually notched two earlier radio songs hits with uh, Burnin' Up, which peaked at number 55 in 2008, and When You Look Me In The Eyes, peaking at number 61 that same year. Uh, so far, Sucker, which became the Joe Bros' first number one on the Hot 100 when it debuted atop the tally, has earned 87 million on-demand streams in the U.S., according to Nielsen Music, through March 21st, and has sold 139,000 downloads. Any way you slice it, it's a hit. Any way you slice it. (laughs) Perhaps diagonally, or maybe just in a nice, robust, you know, crisscross. So we were thinking maybe we should talk a little bit about, like, why this Jonas Brothers return seems to have worked as well as it has. And I'm happy to talk about the Joe Bros any old time. Exactly. So um, I think probably the first reason reason we should start with is probably that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Indeed. Um, Nostalgia is a hell of a thing. Indeed. Um, They've only been away for, uh, what, six years? Not even six years, really. They announced their breakup in 2013. Yeah. They were supposed to tour. They were supposed to release an album that year. They played like a few dates, and then they they had Pom Poms was a single. Mm. And then the whole thing just was like, they had some sort of like, due to some sort of like, I don't think they, I don't know what the phrasing was, but basically it's like, eh, we're putting all this on the back burner. Yeah, which things must have been that bad yeah. at the time. But they're back and they're clearly happy and, and uh, you know, being brotherly again. And the fans miss them. Yeah. Obviously. Nostalgia. Um, also, I think, you know, uh, in the interim, both Joe and Nick got to explore their own kind of solo, non-Joe bro musical endeavors on their own yeah. and became bigger stars in the process, um, which makes any, you know, reteaming even more powerful. And it kind of, in a way, is like when the Spice Girls got back together the first time, because all five of them went on to have great success solo. So when you reunite... Especially in the UK. Especially in the UK. I mean, not, not as much here in America, but in the UK, like it... it so when they toured as the Spice Girls return... Um, all five of them got a solo moment in the mm. show to do like a solo hit. I mean, Victoria actually just did a, like a catwalk presentation. So I was going to say, what will Kevin do? <laughs> he just, he brings his wife on stage and they do a reality TV show yeah, moment. Ex- exactly. He'll be a dad, <laughs> an awesome dad. <laughs> um, it also reminded me like when New Edition came back or 
Katie's faves when the Eagles returned in 1994. Indeed. Did, uh, did the Eagles perform any, like, Don Henley, Glenn Fry solo they stuff? They don't, but Joe Walsh does his stuff um, that he is, did is that when, pre-Eagles. Like, is that when, like, Don goes off stage and, like, takes a shower? It's like the big Joe Walsh guitar moment. Oh, like, he'll do all his James Gang stuff and all the stuff that he did before in the Eagles. City. I guess that's different. We've really digressed. Sorry. Um, But what you said really makes me think about how um, I kind of feel about this entire thing because when the Joe Bros originally existed in their original incarnation, I was too old for it. Or it may, maybe there were people probably my age who liked it, but it definitely passed me by. I didn't watch the Disney show. Yeah, I didn't did watch I. Camp Rock. It was all something that like existed away from my consciousness. But then after they broke up, Nick had Jealous. Mm-hmm. Huge, massive breakout solo hit. Joe had Cake by the Ocean with his group DNCE. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, I was a fan of Nick Jonas and I was a fan of Joe Jonas. And so now coming back together and putting them as Joe Bros, it's like I'm not looking at it as a nostalgic thing for the Jonas Brothers. I'm looking at it as, oh, great Super new group. music <laughs> from two great new pop stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I'm not alone probably in that too, given the success of. Um, DNC and Nick Jonas' soul career. I think they'll probably be maybe pleasantly surprised by how diverse their crowds yeah, might be now. It's not just going to be people who were 16 in 2012. No. It's not. Like, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be definitely women of all ages. Lots of women. I think women will be there in there's, droves. There's going to be a, I, I think a, a contingent of the gays as well indeed suddenly you know with nick and joe being you know half naked various times in their you know solo (laughs) careers well even back when they were originally around remember how like coordinated their outfits were and like how fashion forward they were they were i I mean they're very fashion forward right now and yeah they are but like in a different way it's like not quite as colorful and not quite as scarves and hats lots of scarves and hats in the old days (laughs) um okay so just how did Sucker debut at number one three weeks ago on the Hot 100? And why is radio embracing it so, so wholeheartedly? Hmm. So wholeheartedly. Hmm. Um, the track rises 27 to 19, as we said earlier, on the all-format radio songs chart and climbs 16 to 13 on the Pop Songs Airplay chart. The Pop Songs Airplay chart uh, monitors the most played uh, tracks on top 40 uh, programmed radio stations in the U.S. Yeah. Um, well, first, the song launched with 43.7 million U.S. streams in the week ending March 7th, according to Nielsen Music, which made it the most streamed song of the week among all tracks. And so, it didn't hurt that they simultaneously released it with a beautiful video. cinematic video that starred all their gorgeous wives. Yes. Slash fiance for the, Sophie Turner. The the video certainly did help things a lot. So you get to you got not only get the song, but also the video at the same yes. time. So it's a double a double threat, the audio visual components. Um, also the cut started out at number one on the digital song sales chart with eighty eight thousand downloads sold. Um, so you had all these metrics working towards it, but of course you know, you wouldn't have all these great streams and sales and, you know, the airplay as well, unless necessarily the song didn't, like, sound good. Right. You know. And instead, it sounded amazing. Yeah. It's a great song. Like, you know, I remember Katie's reaction. It was just like, this is a great song. No, it's like an undeniably great song. And I think the, the like, when I really realized how good it was, because I'd probably listened to it 
a handful of times. And then I watched the carpool karaoke with the Jonas Brothers. Mm -hmm. And they started singing Sucker. And I didn't realize right away that it was Sucker. And I was like, which one was this? I don't remember this one. Like, wow, this one sounds different from the rest of their material. Claps with the chorus. And I was like, oh, this song is like just undeniably great. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the song actually comes from a team of A-list writers and producers. It was co-written by the three Joe Bros, along with Ryan Tedder, of course, of One Republic, Louis Bell, and Adam Feeney, who is also known as Frank Dukes when he does production work as a producer. Um, Tedder has written and produced uh, everything. everything. <laughs> um, Adele's Rumor Has It, Maroon 5's Maps, Beyonce's Halo, Just to Begin, um, and Bell is super red hot too. Uh, he actually wrote and produced Halsey's Without Me, number one hit. Post Malone's Sunflower, number one hit. Well, not yet on the Hot 100. Oh, was oh, it? Oh, actually, wait. It was. It was. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Katie, Katie got Katie slapped the chart guy around. And Five Seconds of Summer's Young Blood, which was the number one pop songs hit. Uh, and Feeney has written or produced uh, such songs as Post Malone's Better Now, Camila Cabello's Havana, and Lord's Greenlight. Even if we're, I, I'm pretty sure of that last one. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> I sound so confident. I was sounding confident up until that last one. And okay, so what do we want next from all of this? Like, obviously, the entrance was impeccable. The song is great. Can you stick Number the landing? One. Exactly. Like, so is there a full album full of sucker worthy hits? <laughs> well, or I mean, if they knows? worked with all these people, can you imagine? Maybe. I mean, it could be. So, and you mentioned tour, the possibility of a tour. I mean, you got it. I mean, I think that they've basically said that I think all these things are probably coming. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe in due time we'll get yeah. all the specific details. I mean, yeah, an album full of pop bangers. Great. I wonder if this all happened much more quickly than they expected. Like, they might have thought, let's get Sucker out, see how it rolls out, see and how then, it whoops. does. Right. And it's like, oh, wait, we need the album out in like a month because yeah. Sucker already hit number one. And like, it's we like, can't go higher than that. It's like they're burning up right now. Oh, geez. Get it? SOS, SOS. We need to put out that album. Even though I wasn't following the Joe Bros then, I do understand that joke. Um, So big tour. Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, what is, what do you think they're like at the arena level or can they like pull off a stadium show somewhere? Oh man, I would say arena. Yeah, maybe stadium's too much. I mean. Unless it was like a one-off, like with like some special guests. Yeah, they could probably fill up the Rose Bowl. Like, but not Ooh, you heard it here single first. stadium. Katie's saying the Jonas Don't Brothers are going to sell Los the Rose Angeles, Bowl. in like Los Angeles County slash Orange County could fill up if, if Ventura that, County. If that, is, comes if that, to the Rose if that Bowl. is like your one and only Southern California date yeah. and you play the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Maybe. So if you'd like to, Jonas Brothers, consider I, it. <laughs> what, if, what if they did like a, they, they could do like a double bill or something with someone if it's like a one-off show. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. They could reunite a different sibling act. Sure. <laughs> trying to think who that would be i don't know well i don't know who that is either i, I go to my brothers and heim go to my osmond's well I'm like no yeah, exactly not that one um okay so is it time for olivia or should we keep talking about joe bros forever actually we can keep talking about joe bros in our livia interview that's right weirdly <laughs> enough so now it's time for our interview with livia and speaking of the jonas brothers livia got her start alongside the trio back in 2010 when she was managed by kevin jonas senior and she toured with the joe bros she was under the name Olivia Summerlin at the time, which is her name. Um, now she's back as just Livia, and she has a top 40 radio hit called Damn and more music waiting in the wings. So we talked to her all about the success of her latest single, her plans for releasing a debut album after almost a decade in the industry, her recent graduation from UC Berkeley with a degree in economics. Sure. 
<laughs> I mean, she's really interesting and much more. So please enjoy our interview with Livia. I don't want to calm down. I don't really care what comes out of my mouth. And I don't want to fall out. But ain't nobody safe when the truth comes out. Yeah, how did we become this? Hello to Livia and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yes. thank you for coming in. And, um, you know, we specifically wanted to talk to you because your song Damn is currently climbing our pop songs chart. It's so exciting. Yeah, so oh congratulations on that. Thank you. And, I mean, how does it feel to have this, like, top 40 radio hit? It's definitely surreal. I just love, like, looking at the chart. Like, I'll go back and just, like, Google the chart because it's just so cool and amazing and surreal to, um, to see that. I know that's really nerdy. We appreciate that. Keep coming to yeah. Billboard.com. Give us those visits. Yeah, us exactly. Those it's all me. <laughs> well, no, no. Let's kind of, let's, it's just you. You are the one visitor to Billboard. <laughs> yeah, just, just repeatedly. Refreshing, refreshing. Uh, Trying to pinch myself, you know. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you think it is about Damn that is, like, really connecting with listeners? I think the fact that it's... Just the, the concept is can be interpreted a lot of different ways, I feel. Um, because for me, I always like songs, even if they seem sad at first, to have sort of a positive spin mm. in some way. So it's a breakup song, but it's about, you know, the fact that you're making a hard decision, but it's the right decision. So I'm seeing it as... Uh, you know, a good thing in the end, and it's hopeful as well. Um, it's nostalgic, but it's hopeful, and it sort of works for people who have just broken up with somebody, are in a relationship that's sort of rocky, and they're maybe considering breaking up. The only person that's not going to work for is somebody who's like super happy in their relationship. <laughs> but I definitely know people, and I've even gotten like messages and tweets from people being like, "I'm in a fully like supportive and wonderful relationship, and I still like love Damn." And I like seeing that comment because a lot of times I'll get the comments, um, you know, that are like, "Oh my gosh, I can relate to this song so much," and I'm kind of like, I'm sorry yeah. you know like, hate to break it to you but I know, I'm so sorry. there could be trouble in paradise <laughs> um you know what you said about the song kind of having you know it's like the some songs will have like an up-tempo beat but then they'll have sort of a melancholy message or yes. a song could have a, a slow vibe but it's really up-tempo or it's like up-tempo like there's like those yeah. tricky songs mm-hmm. where they fool you and I think it's interesting you know you have like dance mixes of the song there's an acoustic version of the song there's yeah. the radio version of the song and they all work and I think that the the, the core of it is just the song itself like when you yes. can put it in different permutations and it still sounds good that that's um, probably when you have a good song yeah that's a great sign and I think like I love all the remixes the acoustic version it's it's cool to see it live in different forms and then it still works like you said yeah. but what you were describing um two of my best friends and I who we write and we work all the time uh they call it and so now I start calling it emo turn up oh. when it's like a song that <laughs> so we always like, oh, that. this is a great emo turn up but you should <laughs> they would love it um but, you know a song like uh I'm trying to think of a good example, but that maybe sounds at first listen like mm-hmm. it's like a fun song, but the message there's is gotta actually be a million, really, and I can't think of any so right now. Many. I mean, any number of Chainsmokers songs oh, right. you know, are fair. very like, you know, put your hands in the air, you're breaking up tonight. <laughs> what? No. No. Or like Sorry by Justin Bieber, I think is one of the ones that oh, originally yeah. started us out on like emo turn up. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought I was no, going to cut you. you off. <laughs> this is your question now. <laughs> Oh, is it like back and forth? Okay. Now a little bit. We try at. to share it. We try to share it. Um, you've been making music professionally since 2010. So you were yeah. just 15 at the time. Um, you know, obviously a lot has happened over the past nine years, including you adopting the new stage name of Livia. Yes. 
Um, was that name change kind of intended to signify like a new era in your yes, music? Yes, definitely. It was, I was working with new people. I had sort of taken a bit of a break. Um, I had been touring a lot mm-hmm. and with like different music and a different team. And then I sort of took a break from um, being out in, you know, the on stage as much and sort of being back in the studio and with that and with a new team and new producers and a bit of a new sound um I just felt like a new name was in order too and it's uh you know it's still my name it's my two nicknames sort of pushed together and you know all caps sort of like roman numerals I like it it does look like roman numerals I didn't (laughs) think about that I like that and the logo you know it's just a nice kind of clean logo and I like the um the fact that it is just just one sort of strong uh term I feel Mm -hmm. like it's um it maybe fits a bit more the the style that I want to go for. There's always an empowering um, thread throughout my writing and my music, and uh, you know I just feel like you know even with the fan name we call uh, well they call themselves Avengers like Avengers. Love it. Okay. So yeah, it's really cute. I love fan names. They can yeah, go south. Too. That's a good one. Yeah, no, that is a good one. <laughs> and all the branding, you know, with like the pal symbol and all that. Nice. It works. Oh. <laughs> Um, you know, you've you've toured with lots of people. Like you've toured with Lindsey Sterling, and you've like you've written, you've done a song with Nick Jonas, and mm-hmm. you've had like you had a track a couple of years ago, maybe even like last year that had Offset and like Quavo. Oh, Quavo, Quavo yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. God, yeah, no, one don't, of the Migos. Get, get, get the correct <laughs> Migos. Get, find <laughs> the correct Migo. Um, but how how did you actually get into like the business? Like, what was your kind of first break? Because it's like one thing to be like, I was thirteen and started writing songs, and right. I mean suddenly like I'm on tour with Megan Trainor. It's like right. magically. How did that, how did that happen so many years ago? It feels kind of magical, you know, when I look back on it, and it still felt really magical at the time, like very dream come true. Yeah. Um, well, I guess you mentioned writing a song with Nick Jonas. Um, I toured with the Jonas Brothers as well a bit, which was great. Uh, I was a big Jonas Brothers fan. Obviously, I'm I mean, like thrilled they're back that they're back. Too, yes. so thrilled, <laughs> and that amazing historic number one. Yes. Um, and yeah, you so, have been visiting the website. Oh yeah. Well, of course, I'm. You know, I keep up with them a lot. But so I actually one of the first things that happened to me in my career is I'm from the Bay Area, but I started traveling back and forth to LA mm-hmm. um, to work on music, work with different writers and producers, to just sort of develop uh, my sound a little bit and explore. Luckily, I have supportive parents who were, you know willing to help me do that yeah. um and this is when you were a teenager yes oh. throughout high school and just go off to la <laughs> yeah well, so they yeah. Didn't come with me okay, you know what good. i mean okay. it was not that far which is great right i'm um, very lucky um and so one of the things that happened actually is that i kept running into the jonas brothers and as I, one does randomly yeah, you know, in la it, it was a weird really odd <laughs> and i we became all we all sort of became family friends and I never wanted to say that I was a musician because, you know, you don't really want to be like, hey, help me out. I'm a, right, in right. the industry, too. So I was just we just sort of were friends. And then one day I ran into them at a recording studio and they're kind of like, what are you doing here? So that it sort <laughs> the of secret came, came out, out, you know, <laughs> and um, surprise this entire time I've been warming up to you because I really want to be a musician. <laughs> no, but, you know, I didn't want it to be like yeah, that. So right. We're just friends. And uh, then their dad, who was their manager, um, said that he wanted to hear my music. He came to one of my rehearsals and um, started working with me, introduced me to CAA. Um, and basically at the first meeting, they were like, well, you know, there's this big time rush, Victoria Justice Nickelodeon tour this summer that, you know, you could open for maybe. And that was my first tour. So That's it was, it was like a crazy sequence of events that really just started You were dropped the into the rolling. deep end. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I fell in love with touring. That okay. was amazing. Okay, stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> you ran into the Jonas Brothers. Okay. Like multiple times. 
time. How? Were you like at church or something? Like, <laughs> where, where were you? Right well, like at, at like a smoothie place? Well, like, the first time we were all living in the, we were living in the same neighborhood. So okay. it just sort of, I think I ran into him in a restaurant, like a couple different places. So it actually where, was like a total natural Yeah. Thing. Okay. And then I think our mom started talking, you know, and it just became like a family friend. We all live in the same neighborhood. You must have been the situation. envy of every other teenage girl <laughs> at that time. So oh, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I just ran into Nick Jonas. What? <laughs> Sorry. No, I know. And actually, I have their turtles right now as well. Wait, what now? I should just mention. Yeah, I thought you might want to know. That's our headline. More information about Shelley, the Jonas's turtles. Shelly Jonas. She's uh, she she she's great. Um, she's a tortoise, actually. I should say not. Did I say turtle? Yeah. I'm sorry. I totally misspoke. Mit- tortoise. Land creature, but, not sea creature. Okay. Okay. Um, she's super cute. She's uh, they're supposed to live like. You know, oh, long, long time. Long so I think time, she might yeah. outlive me. But one time they went on tour, and uh, I don't know exactly which tour it was. But and they said, "Can you just babysit Shelly?" Because, like I said, we're in the same neighborhood. We're like a few houses away. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can. We can babysit Shelly." Never babysit Shelly back up. Yeah, that, they would come over and be like, "Hey, Shelly." It's like, "Well, do you want to?" No, no, she's happier she's here. She's good. But no, you know, we we let they her like walk out and this pet. no, no. I mean, I think my mom and I are like huge animal people too, yeah. and they sort of Shelly sort of turned in, like got into a symbiotic relationship with my dog, oh. where like we put Shelly out in the yard and like she'll explore and do her thing, and then like we'll tell Lukey, my dog, like go find Shelly, oh and then he'll like go run around find her and then just like bark. So it's a cute. They have little activities. It sounds like this could inspire a song. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's in there. More like one of like Phoebe's songs from Friends. Yeah, you know. Yes. Oh, yes, smelly 100%. Smelly tortoise. Yeah, smelly tortoise. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh, no, that'd be back a hit. on track. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I love that. Um, you, we mentioned the song with Quavo. It's called Catch a Body. Yes. Um, that came out last year, and it also hit our pop songs chart. Um, awesome. And but how this did... new song is doing better. <laughs> yes, it's true. It is, true. and that was your first song as Livia, right? Yes, it was. was yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how did you end up linking up with Quavo to begin with? Yeah, well, that was awesome. That was actually through um, the producers that I was, was working. He lives with. three doors down, right? <laughs> and I just kept running into him. You adopted his cat. And yes, <laughs> yeah. He gave you a snake. And sorry, you would think, but not this time. This time was a little more, uh, you know, rooted in reality. Okay. Um, I, uh, I was working with the producers, and I still am with Rock Mafia. Mm-hmm. And who are amazing. And they, I guess one day we're having a meeting of working with somebody who worked with Migos with Quavo and they played the song and they said, oh, maybe Quavo would be interested in, um, you know, being on the song. And so it also happened very strangely. We sent it over and he just recorded something and sent it back like pretty quickly. And it was right around the holidays too. And so it really felt like opening up like a Christmas present, (laughs) like playing. I remember we were all sitting together, like playing it for the first time. And his part in that song is so great. He just like has so many different sections. And like when he goes into the more melodic part, I just remember so vividly. Like everybody in the room being like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So that was super wow. cool. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, well, and as we mentioned earlier, you added Prince Royce um, onto yes, that track for yes. a remix. Um, as you're making new music, do you have like these collaborators in mind or is it, or, or do the idea of features and guest verses like come after you finish the song? Like you've got the song done. You're like, okay, so should we get a feature or is it more like, let me write a song and I feel like I should put a feature here and who could that be? Like, how does that yeah. process work? Well, with Catch a Body specifically, uh, we wrote the song sort of always intending there to be space for a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, Quavo was in mind very early on, but obviously that seemed like kind of. <laughs> Sure. Uh, yeah, out of reach. <laughs> Let's get Quavo <laughs> you know? on here. So it was amazing that it actually happened. 
but he was in, in mind like mm. pretty much the whole time. Writing that song was really interesting too. Well, well first of all, just to answer your question too about Prince Royce, that came later down the line mm-hmm. um, when the song was doing really well in Miami mm. uh, specifically. We thought it would be really cool to add um, to a Spanish version. And once again, Prince Royce was like, top of our list as well so that was amazing to have that happen um, which also happened through Rock Mafia they're amazing they make <laughs> dreams come true send Rock Mafia um, some amazing Christmas gifts I know right <laughs> we're very close we're like we say we're like family now but uh, I I speak Spanish too so I sang, got to sing in Spanish a bit yeah. too which was really really fun and so then when I was performing in Miami I would I would sing the oh, Spanish version awesome. too which was really cool but um, yeah I think I collaborations are so much fun so when there's a chance to make that happen it's always just incredible so catch a body was a great song for that yeah and um you know as you're moving forward obviously dam's doing its thing right now mm-hmm. but are you strategizing when maybe some new music might come out definitely okay. i'm recording all the time a really great song i'm recording actually tomorrow so i'm really excited Ooh. but i'm nervous too <laughs> but um with madonna right <laughs> and we just kept running into each other <laughs> crazy I know (laughs) but um yeah so I'm always in the studio working on new things um and yeah but like you said since Dam is reacting so well and people responding so well to it's not like a super rush to put anything new out right let it live but um (laughs) yeah I'm always I'm excited to to get what we've been working on get it out there as well awesome um you said you speak Spanish this isn't one of the questions but it's just prompted by the said (laughs) you speak Spanish how many languages do you speak just Spanish and English. Are you have do you have like any sort of Spanish heritage or anything? No, just from school. Okay. And uh, I'm kind of nerdy, so you know, I would love to learn more languages as well. Like my one of my best friends is uh, Persian, and she'll mm-hmm. teach me like Farsi phrases all the time, just so that like when we're around her friends and family, I can just like pull them out, and people they will be like, "Wait, out. what? <laughs> you speak Farsi?" But like, not really. But she gave me the, the Farsi Rosetta Stone, so one day maybe I'll learn Farsi. Sure. <laughs> nice. Um, I and part of that, I, I was reading an interview with you, and I think it was with a British publication and you mm-hmm. use terms like mum and, oh. and and I was like did Wait. you use them or did they just transcribe your they quote? probably can transcribe okay. it like yeah. that I was like, I've seen a lot of interviews. maybe her parents are European <laughs> no I've seen a lot of interviews I saw I remember seeing something with Katy Perry one time and they changed, and they changed mom it? to mum oh. and it's like you can't just do that she didn't say mum you know <laughs> my like, mum that's weird I wouldn't translate like if Jesse J said mum I would just I, leave, would it leave it as mum exactly yeah, yeah that is funny. I know it's funny weird okay so um uh, I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Even though um, you've been kind of doing this music and putting out singles for almost a decade, you still haven't released like a complete album project yeah. yet. Um, is that something that you're working towards or looking towards doing in the future? Definitely. As you said, it's like kind of overdue, right? But um, I, I think, didn't say that. <laughs> well, you kind of hinted and I agree with you. It's been a long time. <laughs> but um, You've been the, busy. There's, yeah. You've had things going on. And, you know, I've also been in school and I sort of had like different, you know, changing up the team and everything. And I only just recently signed with a label for the first time. Mm-hmm. So 12 that's been Yes. And yes. they're amazing. Uh, kind of some heavy You're hitters there. company. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's just an amazing team all around from the artists to the executives to every single person working in that office. I just got to visit them last week in New York. I was so oh, excited. Nice. Crazy. Um, yeah, they're great. Well, so, you know, the industry has changed so much too in that it's just kind of like, you know, song after song mm-hmm. rather than even people listening to full albums. Right. But it, it it's sort of coming back around, I feel like. I feel like it's the focus is on albums a little bit more than it even has been in recent years, which is exciting. I would really love to at least get an EP together soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like we talked about before, too, it's it's Dam is doing really well. I'm, I've just signed with this new label, so we're sort of all, and I've had this new name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's new a name, new, it's new label, product, new, song. new name, new me, <laughs> you know? So it's it's sort of like starting from not necessarily the beginning, but it's a fresh start. 
And you mentioned school. Yes. You just graduated last spring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, when did you find time to do that? <laughs> From UC, UC <laughs> yeah. Berkeley. Yeah, UC yes. Berkeley. With economics. economics. Yes. That comes in handy yeah. in your current gig. It does. In the yeah. music industry, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone is always like, oh, you, well, we can't take advantage of you now. So, like, I've heard that exact phrase, like, so I'm many times. I'm glad they're honest <laughs> about know. wanting to take advantage of you. <laughs> well, I did this really cool event um, recently uh, on Wall Street that was, like, Girls Take Wall Street. And it was oh, cool. super cool. I couldn't believe that I was, you know, that, that econ and mentoring and music all kind of collided like this for yeah. me. So I got to speak about my experience and kind of encourage the girls to go into and to study finance and economics and why they should do that. So I definitely used the, you can't take advantage of you, you know, line. <laughs> but um, well, school. I mentioned before, I was I'm a bit of a nerd. You know, I just it's something I didn't want to give up. Mm-hmm. Um, I deferred UC Berkeley when I decided to, um, you know, sign with CAA and go on tour. That okay. was all happening as I was graduating high school and, and getting ready to start uh, Berkeley. But I always knew that I wanted to come back, and I just kind of thought, you know. <laughs> I'm going to pause. I'm going to just make sure that I, I finish this year up mm-hmm. because I made sure that I did as much as I could outside of school and just kind of submitting my work um, mm. to, to school and, and doing as much as I could like online. But at a certain point to get the economics degree, I had to actually be there. Yeah. So I just pushed all of my upper division econ electives together um, in one year so that <laughs> sure. I could finish up. Oh, that up. year must have been in So fun. Yeah, they told me not to do it, but I was kind of like, this is my only choice <laughs> if I want to graduate and so, also still have my oh career. My <laughs> how many units per semester? Is it on a trimester or semester? It's, Berkeley is, I think, the only you say that you see that that's not on a trimester okay. system. So um, How many units did you have each semester? <laughs> Remember. 32 yeah, yeah I can't remember actually I mean a it was lot. a little different in each yeah I mean I pushed it all together but I That's I nuts. also I technically graduated like in the 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 spring I walked but I had some summer classes okay. but oh. everybody that I work with in the music side of things was like really understanding and um, you know I, I did have some shows like right around finals week but that was a little hard but <laughs> other than that like everything was not too crazy <laughs> so did you actually like sorry I'm just fascinated not I mean, at all I, I went to USC and oh uh, you did yeah. oh amazing yeah. I mean we're rivals but like yeah I they say that but I don't really get into I that. didn't go to a single football game <laughs> me neither um, but fight on um, right but fight on yeah. so I I was there for four and a half years but I didn't do anything online mm-hmm. so you were able did to did you go on tour during it no, no that's what I'm rolling up to so did you actually was most of your UC Berkeley career kind of done online sort of remotely or did you how much time did you actually spend kind of on campus in class so I spent like a full year so like a fall semester a spring semester and a summer semester on campus and then the rest of um, it was and, sort of done remotely yeah and wow. all of those classes were econ classes so I made sure that like I like I said, I did them all at once, mm-hmm. which they don't generally like recommend. But um, the rest of it, sort of what they call breadth requirements, um, like I had placed out of language, I didn't have to do that. But you know, like any kind of science, uh, all the required you know, literature writing, things, all, and anthropology yeah, exactly. Stuff. I did That's that amazing. sort of, and I because UC Berkeley Extension has options. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like that. So if if you're an aspiring, you know, pop rock artist, musician, mm-hmm. you know, who you wants to do economics, degree. you can still get a degree at UC <laughs> totally. Berkeley. They can make it happen. That's I think if you incredible. love, you know, if you have two passions or multiple passions and you really love them both, there's definitely always a way to make it work. Yeah. Wow. I still found time to take a fun class too, which oh. was called UC Hogwarts. <laughs> what, there was a class about Harry Potter. There was. Oh my god! Yeah, you're sorted into houses. I was in Gryffindor. I was oh. voted prefect and then head girl, and then we won the house cup and Quidditch. I'm just saying. 
It's my like sure. proudest. How moment. do you play Quidditch like in real life? I'm like, super you know, curious or was this now. one of the online classes? <laughs> no, 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 this was like in person. I, I also, like, by the I way, you're like all my econ classes were done there. It was really important, except I had this one Harry Potter class in person. Do you want to hear a secret about that? Yes, I would. It's actually really embarrassing, and I promise, like, I prioritized my school, and I did very well in like my econ classes. But in order to take the Harry Potter decal, I had to literally request something called a time conflict override so that because it, ca- it happened at the same time as one of the discussion sections for like a super important econ <laughs> class. <laughs> but I really wanted to take uh, the Harry Potter like this. So I was just sure, like, priorities. it's fine. I'll just go to the one this this week. Like, I mean, on Thursday, not on Tuesday. You know, That's it worked amazing. out. But everyone's like, why did you do that? But it's Harry Potter. You had to. It's a full. I haven't really uh, told people full that. education. You needed a little bit of levity there amongst all the economics yeah. crud. <laughs> okay, so finally, we've talked a lot about you going on these tours um, yeah. early in your career. Um, you know, moving forward, I'm assuming like you're thinking about hitting the road again. Yes. Um, you know, what did what did you learn from you know touring with all of these big names? Megan Trainer and Jesse J and Jonas Brothers and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. You had to have learned a lot from all these. Folks. I really did because I would go and I would watch them every night too, and it's just yeah. so interesting. I think one of the main things I learned was. Um, how much they improvise as well and feed off of what the crowd is giving them. Jessie J is so amazing because um, she was kind of the epitome of that improvisation because not only does she really change the way she sings, actually, the songs every night, and she was even kind of sick when I toured with her as well. And oh, she wow. sound, I mean, she's oh, she like had not, vocal issues, Yeah, right? maybe it was around that time. I don't know. I mean, I maybe. she had like a cold or something, okay. but she sounds... Like I'm she's sure, not from oh, this world. Even yeah. sick, she's still <laughs> exactly. I know you could never tell. But also, she would call out individual people in the audience too, which was really cool. And I feel like it's nice to change up the show and sort yeah. of um, make it not so rehearsed. Because when I first started touring, I get more nervous about the the, the speaking in between the songs and mm. like the songs themselves. Because mm-hmm. you know, I know what I'm gonna do when I'm singing, but in between, I just get, get kind of nervous. So I think just sort of going off off script as much as possible is something I learned and then also like with the Jonas Brothers even back before I even toured with them just being a fan and going to some shows they just have are having so much fun on stage mm-hmm. that it really just makes you want to have fun with them too yeah. I feel like that was a big lesson as well um do you know just so much I think they're also just all of the people I've toured they're so kind and they just create such an amazing environment on tour um but I've been so lucky I had just the best experiences and I really can't wait to get back on the road again Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it on that note. <laughs> so look for her on the out. road soon. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank and you. Good luck with all your new music, and and uh, we look forward to hearing it. Thank you so much. Yes. When we break up, damn, gonna hurt real bad, damn. Gonna want you back, damn. But I won't do that. Wish we could start over. Thank you so much to Livia for coming into the office and hanging out with us, and especially for taking care of the Jonas family tortoise for all these years. The fans a, appreciate you. It was such a. It, she was so. Uh, I. I was. I mean. I. I assumed that. I assume all of our interviews are going to be fine and nice. But I was. I was. I. I thought. I. I had a really nice time chatting with Same, her, and it was. Huh? And she. Her. Her career trajectory is so interesting, and how now she has this degree, and she's like. Yeah, no one's going to be like pulling crap with me. I yeah, mean, don't try to pull any financial weirdness with Olivia. Um, okay, well, let's do the chart stat of the week. <laughs> you're a rich girl and you're going too far because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. 
This week in 1977, Daryl Hall, friend of the podcast, and John Oates topped the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time with their single, Rich Girl. I really love that we can call Daryl Hall friend of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> He's um, like, who? He, huh? I was on <laughs> what? what thing? The what cast? Uh, it was the duo's first of six number ones and their third top 10 out of a whopping 16. Man. Uh, Hall and Oates later scored number ones with Kiss on My List, Private Eyes, I Can't Go For That, No Can, can do. do, Maneater, and Out of Touch. Quick. Katie. Yes. Can you name what surprising chart I can't go for that? No can do. Also hit number one on. Rap songs. Well, we didn't have a rap chart in 1982. Hip hop songs. We had I urban we, songs. It was it was <laughs> it was the equivalent of what we now call the hot R and B hip hop songs chart. Okay. Uh, so it, it was very close. Yeah, but I I think at the time we either called it. Hot soul singles or hot black singles. All incredible. So, and all incredible to have I, Hall and Oates on them. <laughs> I feel like it was, we may have called it black singles at the time. I do. I mean, we've had these conversations before. I remember like George, George Michael, Michael got a lot of play on black radio. It's like, what does that even he, mean? Yeah, like he, he had like one more try, I think was number one on the black uh, singles so chart. Hot black singles. But this does not surprise me at all because I Can't Go For That has the coolest beat but, of yeah. all time. I mean, it was a hip-hop beat before people were making hip-hop R- beats. R&B, <laughs> R&B radio was playing Hall & Oates like back in the day. Yeah. Um, it was Philly Blue-Eyed Soul. And if anyone's wondering <laughs> why we would call a chart black, it's because it was based on what um, the department names at the record labels would term themselves when they were working like urban radio. And like we call it urban radio now, but the sort of the catch-all collective term was like, oh, we're working this to black radio. Right. Or we're working, you know, like this This is our black department. It's jarring now. It but sounds at the time, so not jarring. weird. Yeah. Like in, in retrospect, it's just so weird. Well, but people like George Michael and Holland Oates made it so obviously clear that it needed a different name. <laughs> like Soul. It needs the name Soul. Yeah. And now we don't call it Soul. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's gone too. <laughs> that chart just, the chart doesn't have any soul anymore. Uh, all right, so there you have it. This week in 1977, Hall and Oates hit number one for the first time on the Hot 100 with Rich Girl. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man, honey. It's a bitch girl. Bitch okay. girl. Okay, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> so, I mean, their songs are so good. They're so undeniable. So good. good. If you don't own, I think it's the very best of Hall & Oates, where it's that that sort of like, it's like a white cover, where and it's, there's like a blue background, and it's like two close-up I've got a double album version of it. I think that... Is that the vinyl one? No, it's, oh. it's just a CD, but... Um, and I'm sure I said this when Daryl Hall was on the show, but I got to see them at the Troubadour, which is the tiniest little venue here in LA. <laughs> it's like what four, five hundred people? Oh my god, maybe, it was most. insane! And they and I got to come in uh, like first early because I was with our photographer. At the time. It was when I was at MTV. Our photographer and I were the first people through the doors. So we were just planted ourselves wow. at the stage. It was insane. Wow. Okay, so what song should we go out on? Well, a, I mean, a Hall and Oates track. Obviously, I'm going with. I can't go for that. No can do. Yeah. See you guys next time. Bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.